Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And today we're going to be discussing revenge. <laughs> How's it going, John? It's going well. Uh, I had no idea what to expect from this film. How are you doing, Mer? Uh, great, actually. Thank you. <laughs> that was a great intro. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. Actually, what, are you feeling terrible today? Because I, like, I was doing fine up until this moment. I had the coffee. Right, we had to get caffeine because it's a little later than usual than when we're uh, recording this podcast. We were originally going to go see It Part 2, and then the theaters were fucking packed. Sold Piss poor planning. Yeah. Yeah, piss poor planning. That is a good that is a good way to describe it. The triple P's, you know? They will always find you. Why do I feel like that's from something? Well, all right. Well, triple P's are like a thing. You know, practice, practice. If you want to get to Carnegie Hall, practice, practice, practice. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a thing. I know? forgot. That's, that's a line from a movie, isn't it? I, I believe so. I don't know which movie, though. Okay. Um, I also know that triple P's in music also mean to play very quietly. Oh, what? Really? Another thing. Yes, it does. Yeah. What? Or if there's three Fs, it means to play extremely loudly. Oh, you mean like on the sheet music? Yeah, on sheet music. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay. usually, I think there's like a joke where um, there's a, a music class and like everyone's playing normally and the tuba section is laughing their asses off <laughs> because the person put like five Fs on their section. So they just go oh. and like explode all of them. <laughs> that makes me think of uh, the people who have those weird instruments where it's like a dude with a giant hammer and all he does is like hit a wooden block. Like Clunk. that's his only job <laughs> through the whole orchestra is for him to do some shit like that. I, I recently learned um, the origins of the drum kit actually what? how the drum kit came to be and it was because when they did classical music they would always have like a separate person for each piece of the drum kit and one guy was just like hey i'd like it all to be in one space so we'll <laughs> just all put it in one thing and have one guy do all of the, oh, the bits oh shit and so their drum kit after that yeah instead of having eight tiffany players you have one guy how long ago was that oh my god like i think this is like jazz era like maybe the 20s Really? I think so, yeah. I would have thought that it was an earlier invention, but maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not yeah. Either way. I, I'm not an expert on these things, <laughs> I but I just learned that the recently. the creation of the drum kit. Yes. So, <laughs> revenge. Right. So, important things to know about the film before we really get into it. And it'll, it'll change the way that you see the film and what we're going to describe happens and why it happened this way. So, the film is a French film. It was made by a French film director from Paris. Her name is Coralie Fargo, and this is her second or third film that she had created. And it's in a weird category of film where they consider it to be like a rape revenge film, which fits into the movies like Last House on the Left or I Spit on Your Grave and things like that. So it it is there's a content warning, I guess, for something like that, because mm-hmm. there is going to be a rape scene, which we just kind of fast forward it through. I assume it's short because we only went forward like a couple minutes. And it was already moved on to the next scene. Either way, it's interesting yeah. film to begin with because I, I wasn't sure what to expect when I was first mm-hmm. told about the film. All you, you just get the title and then a few shots. I'd seen like a trailer or two. And so what are you guys' like initial thoughts off of the film? Uh, well, just to clarify, all of us have never seen this film before and we watched it together. Yeah, all together earlier and, tonight. Uh, we all had a different take on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, you know, uh, rape scenes always make me really, really uncomfortable in movies, just no matter what the context, especially if they're really graphic, it always fucks with me a lot. And I'm just kind of like, why is this here sort of deal? But it, it, the movie itself is just brutal throughout in, yeah, in general. Yeah, it ramps the fuck up. Like, yeah, in the middle it really of the movie. does. Yeah, definitely. The intro, it, it's a, it's a little bit of an intro and it's kind of slow and just kind of really uncomfortable. But once you get after that plateau, that's when shit well, hits after the fan. I thought about it for a second, I feel like the intro was intentionally uncomfortable Makes and sense. made that way so that you could feel how it feels to be a woman in that situation Definitely. where you're having to be stared at and judged and sexualized. And so I believe she made it that way on purpose mm-hmm. so that you would experience all of those with her. Yep. And then you get an idea of who she is at the beginning of the film based off of this view that you're getting from mm. the the way that the camera is working. And we get, like, how many shots of her ass? Uh, well, there are 
Uh, well, I, after doing a tally during the entire well, we movie, we saw so many at the intro that we decided that we were going to take a tally just to see uh, how many times they did this. That there's an ass shot. There are 27 shots of ass in this movie. Total of which, like yes. 20 are the main character. Yeah, gen. the main character gens. But yeah, and the first sex scene is within the first three minutes of the movie. Yeah, we also yep. noted that as well. Yep. Uh, I felt like this was at the beginning. I felt it was a parody that it was definitely making a parody of what you normally see in films like this for the male gaze. And it's interesting that it was a female director. She also wrote it. So every bit of this was hers. The only thing that wasn't was the cinematography, which we'll talk about later for some of the shots that they got because it's in the desert. So it was shot in Morocco, but it was intended to be kind of any desert. This could be like, this could happen anywhere. They didn't specify no signs or anything anywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. And so to start with, it's excruciating to get through the beginning of it because you have to deal with these guys being really pervy and wanting to immediately just have sex with the main character and how they're sort of just all trying to impress her and trying to uh, basically get some sort of sexual situation going. And apparently the main guy is married and this is like his mistress he, yeah. he apparently has a desert getaway is what he is where they're at yeah. i just couldn't figure out what the hell they went out there for they were supposed to be hunting but i saw no animals at all in the right. film yeah. except for that one he tosses onto the top of the he had like a land rover yeah or something. they are the worst hunters ever is what i'm convinced of. <laughs> they are just terrible hunters one of them is just like my favorite method of hunting is drowning and i I just don't. I'm like, what? That, that is a horrible tactic. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, yeah, he yeah. says that, huh? It's like yeah. his favorite hunting There's tactic. There's his favorite, and he's like waterboarding just water- her. Yeah, like, what the fuck? <laughs> the two characters that are uh, very provocative one's named Stan, and the other's name is Dim. He's a little bit bigger. What? Yeah. I, I didn't even remember their names, to be honest. Uh, I, I wrote down silly names for them. I don't know. I don't know. I just called them French incel Kyles. <laughs> um, <laughs> or um, or what was it? Uh, the, 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 the cyborg android song that is played in there is the most awkward like sounding thing. So, yeah, I'm telling you, that whole <laughs> intro bit was her. I believe it was the director just making fun of other films that do this, but not ironically. They want yeah. you to take it very serious. Yeah. Whereas I, I think she made the beginning of the film to not be taken so seriously. And once you realize that it was a parody and you got into the middle of the film where all of like the crazy peyote trip happens, I'm, that's it, when it transitions. One one thing that I, I will agree with it on the parody side of things is that I really think that it was parodying the idea of the male gaze. Yeah, totally. And definitely, so she definitely takes it that route and she's like, I've seen a lot of films that do this, so I'm just yeah, going to I'm going to do the same thing and then change it. By also literally having all of the males in the room have a gaze oh, and yeah. on the character. The beginning of the on movie. On Jen. Yeah. Well, they, the, uh, the shades in the opening shot of, oh, the, of the helicopter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, so it starts off with the main character what's his name richard who chad richard whatever the fuck his name is dick yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah, we'll call him dick uh chad richard douche nozzle (laughs) is what i is what i wrote down for this one you got a shot of his uh aviator sunglasses which are like a bluish greenish sort of color that he's looking out onto the horizon so you start the shot oh i just realized they started the shot with him and ended the last shot with her Oh, so shit. that was a nice transition and mm-hmm. change for that. So she she made it from the male gaze to a different kind of gaze. So interesting. I, I only just realized it right now as I was saying it. But they mm-hmm. did start with that. There's also a lot of metaphors for eyes and for what they might be viewing. You know how they have those shots where someone's like looking into a fire? Mm-hmm. That shot's used a lot in all sorts of different movies. The last one I can think of was Django Unchained. When there's a fire going on at night, the guy's wearing the black shades and looking into the fire. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, th- so those that. kind of shots are used. They also did a, a, a close-up of her eyes when she realized that she was tripping really hard on peyote. Yeah. And it just zooms in on her face and her eyes get really wide because she's starting to be like, oh, shit. I, the, the, yeah. the cinematography, the shots yeah. in this movie, fantastic. Absolutely. A lot of them. A lot right. of them are really, really artistic, art, artfully done. What did you guys think of the beginning that they focused so much on her biting the apple and then just dropping it on the floor? Um, the, the apple, you know, I mean, she just, you know, she's having breakfast. She takes the bite and then she, well, sees she just takes two, one bite, one bite yeah. and then never goes back to it. And then the dude picks it up and like spins it on the table, makes for a nice transition when they do that. Right. But it's still weird. Yeah. I, they kind of use the apple to represent passage of time. 
for a, a little bit. bit. There, yeah. So like, every time that they are about to get to a new section of the movie, it shows the apple, and the apple is, is like getting drier and drier, and it's getting decaying. that sort of that, that browning color, and then ants are crawling all over it. There was kind of a, a cut. I'm trying. To, I would like to know what potentially the metaphor for the ants is. If there's some sim- symbolism that I'm missing there, something along those lines, or if the director just was like, I want ants on stuff. Well, yeah, it was probably easily available in the area, and they didn't yeah. care for. They didn't really care about killing ants. But yeah. well, I mean, I took the apple as a literal biblical reference where where mm. Eve, Eve bites into the apple and then all sorts of terrible things happen to her. Mm. That makes up. Oh, well, at the beginning, they, the well, they make it so that they try to make it her fault. Like the guy even tells her, well, like right before they get into the rape scene, he's like, well, you were dancing with me and you were right. dancing provocatively. Yeah. This then, is essentially the victim blaming that yeah. happens. Is, yep. It was what happened prior to that situation. Yeah, and I felt on that. that doing the apple in that way was one, the biblical reference for Eve, but also uh, that it was like the, the apple was kind of poisoned to begin with. That was like supposed to be uh, something not for her. And so she kind of just picks it up out of the bowl. Um, and I don't think there's anything else in that bowl. It was just like that one apple. Mm. So it's maybe something she wasn't supposed to do or touch. And and then the rest of the film is like her consequence for what's going on there. That's what I took from it. Mm. But it, it probably wasn't quite so intentional. Yeah. Just I, something she threw in there. Yeah, but it is. I, it should be noted that that's that was like there were several shots of it. Yeah. It wasn't the, like they yeah. did one bite and that was it. A repetition throughout the movie. Definitely. A lot of different like shots, especially towards the end, and well, whatnot. Well, the thing is, is at the beginning you get this parody of the male gaze as well as the masculinity that's sort of confronted through the film. Uh, not only by the way the the film is shot, but with how the main character ends up fighting them at the end or middle to like the end of the movie, she somehow survives being like basically impaled on a tree. Yeah, they, she, they... she gets tossed off a cliff and it goes straight through her stomach or guts i don't really know what the area is but it should also be noted that the, that the area that she got injured on is the same side that jesus got stabbed on so oh. crucifixion possibly resurrection rebirth that happens later in the fire as but, well as having ants on her yeah you so know. like all sorts of stuff that happens during that time period can definitely be referenced so you remember that when we were talking about the descent and how she kind of gets uh, she gets baptized in blood is yeah. what happens with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. In this case, she sort of it sort of happens with fire mm-hmm. because she seals up her wound with that and it gets the, a cool with the, ass with the eagle. Mexican beer. <laughs> oh. I, I can only assume that the whatever was imprinted on there just like melted onto her stomach and just sealed it. But but this is we'll get into that bit in just a second. So yeah. before that, she gets thrown off, kind of gets impaled on the tree, is really clever and lights the tree on fire so that it cracks a bit and then just wiggles to the side and drops off of it. So I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah. So that was already a unique, a unique shot and Very interesting quick shot. thinking for her. Uh, one of the cool shots is um, is right before she lights it on fire where the blood is dripping down next to the ant. Yeah, yeah. it's and a and that was... super close-up of an ant and drops of blood falling onto it. You see the ant scramble trying yeah, to, to get away from it, it, trying to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I felt like the beginning of the film was meant to be most of the social commentary that you'll hear around either rape or uh, how women are being treated because it has pretty much every terrible thing that can happen to women right in the intro. Is, Absolutely. Yes. So Absolutely. like there's the, there's the male gaze that is like constantly on her right from the beginning of the film that she's immediately sexualized both by the people who are there as well as the way that it's shot. She gets injured, she gets hit, she gets raped. And so it's like any possible thing that could have gone wrong goes wrong in those beginning scenes. And they want you to really hate these fucking dudes. So you end up hating the shit out of all three of them. You can't wait for them to die. Yeah, Yeah. you know. Well, the film is called Revenge, so you know something is going to happen. And so you kind of have like this understanding that she's going to survive whatever happens in the intro so that she gets her revenge. You just couldn't tell if she was going to survive all the way through the end, which she does. She totally survives all the way through the end. But wow, do they really ramp up the film after that first scene where she crawls away and figures out how to heal herself. And the tra- mm. there's a lot of trails of blood in this movie. Yeah, th- so there was like re- uh, repetition of shots. Mm-hmm. So they had the blood trails. They had these uh, transitions that were just synth music <laughs> while someone was traveling. Mm-hmm. Really good synth Such yeah, a yeah, yeah. crazy uh, direct uh, parallel to watching the film Mandy, if you haven't seen it already. 
watch that. I, I need to watch Mandy. It's, it's amazing. It, it was a good use of color because in the desert, you always have the blue um, juxtaposed to the, the desert itself, which is like a orange, sandy color, which you usually be there, or depending on like if there's plants around. Mm-hmm. But they had these massive shots where you would see just all the desert and then them, which is only, there's only five people in the cast. Yeah. And so it was, it was Jennifer, the main person, the three dudes, or four dudes? Three dudes, three dudes and the pilot. And that, there's three the one pilot the, guy. Who only shows up in the beginning of the film. So yeah. really it was just four people for the whole film. And that was crazy. So it really showed you how isolated the situation was. But I, I, think, it, I think she did it that way so that you would feel like this is something that can happen to anybody. It can happen in any desert to any person on any situation with any of these men because they were pretty generic otherwise. They weren't like specific looking. You know, the uh, <clears throat> what I have to say is with the first, I mean, just going back on the intro real quick, the most uncomfortable part for me was uh, when he comes into the bedroom and is like uh, talking about his height, yeah. like really being consistent about it. Cause he's like, oh, you danced with me last night. And she's like, he's like, why don't you like me? Well, I like tall guys. He's like, well, did my height change overnight? What's up? And he keeps asking that same question. Right, because he's super insecure. Right. And it does a good job of showing why people or why specifically men are going to act this way. And it's usually because of some sort of fragile masculinity or because they're very insecure with themselves. They seek power. Yeah. And And so that's he immediately does that. Exactly. Yeah. He takes power over her by raping her in that scene. And then, uh, but is, is oddly remorseful afterwards. Really? Yeah. Like, why would you push her off the cliff? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, like, oh yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. The rapist (laughs) is going to get mad at the murderer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh huh. Um, so, a phenomenal job making you hate these characters and pretty much prepping you for the rest of the film where you're going to want her to really hunt these guys down. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I felt like the film switched. So you, you get her uh, escaping and she is still having this piece of wood stuck inside of her and she hasn't figured out how to take it out just yet. And so she's hiding, hiding. And then eventually one of the dudes sets like a fake trap for her. Basically he acts like his shotgun is sitting behind him while he's taking a piss and she sneaks up, gets the gun, and realizes that it's completely empty. But she was very willing to shoot him in that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, I think she pulls the trigger like four times and is like, fuck, there's nothing in here. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he's like trying to waterboard her, basically. Um, and Hunt her with his hunting skills of drowning. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, uh, drowning an animal is uh, hunting uh, one of his favorite hunting tricks. This is my favorite way to hunt. I'm just like, uh, dude, like, no. You're not an alligator. <laughs> you're a fucking, yeah, exactly. You're not an alligator, was, sir. I mean, what I think what was great about this scene was she's able to snatch the knife off of his belt, and then you get a shot of her in the water where she's waiting for him to pull her back up. Mm-hmm. And the, she is ready. Like, she has that determined. Yeah, she yeah. has this really determined face, and she gets up and just stabs him straight through the yep. fucking eye. Yeah. So he gets a knife to his face like three times. And then just she just leaves it implanted in his face while he flips out. And this is really where the film is like, oh, okay, like uh, we're really yeah. gonna mm-hmm. get into some shit. You, you only really had to watch her like excruciating pain getting off of the tree because she still has that piece of wood stuck in her side. Mm-hmm. But that's when she gets her first kill and is really like, you start cheering for her as the main protagonist to get out of her situation. And she gets some supplies, so she's able to get to another location. Yeah. Um. With- what was I gonna? Say? Oh, the uh, she ends up um, in the beginning of the movie. Uh, uh, Chad Douche Nozzle Richard uh, <laughs> gives her the peyote to go hide, and she hides it in a locket that she has around uh, her neck. Yep, which yep. she still has at the beginning, and then when she falls. Mm-hmm. Yep, and this is kind of where she, uh, I believe, after she does, after she offs, after she offs Fat Boy, who I, f- I just forget his name. His name is Dim. His name's Dim. Yeah, he, well, a, he is pretty dim, dim, so <laughs> it makes a lot of sense to me. Oh man, I wonder if uh, that was on purpose. This, I, I yeah, feel I like, feel like I, it probably I feel was. like I feel like it, they, she, uh, these characters are made. They're not smart people. No, like they're not in like these are not intelligent men at all. Like no. in any way. Um, well, and she offs that dude and then takes his uh, his four wheeler and just rides it out until it dies. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a great shot where the lights are on in the front and pointing out to the desert, and it's just 
pitch blackness at some point and she disappears into the blackness oh yes and then you get the very next shot which is her going into the cave yeah. and the the cave entrance like her coming into the cave yeah it's like moonlight coming mm-hmm. into the cave entrance as she like it, stumbles in it reminded me of i i think i told you it reminded me of like a 1950s early yeah. horror movie like well that's actually like a really good description it was so you had like the the early expressionist films where they worked really hard with shadows and lighting and so they were doing the same thing here but in color yep it was like a really dark blue but it looked great so you had you had the the like light blue of what would be moonlight basically coming into the cave and then she lights a fire and then you then have the only light coming from the fire coming off of the walls or whatever limestone or things that are in there and so you have this grand shot of her in front of the fire and then the wall behind her like all of it glowing out so that was they they, they keep doing these they keep doing these really grand shots to give you an idea of just how small they are in their environment. And it does a really good job of establishing like a tone for the movie on top of the randomness of the synth music. Cause I feel like, I feel like they were playing synth music to kind of prepare you for the idea that you had to suspend your disbelief for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. after she burns an Eagle onto her stomach, yeah. <laughs> which was, which was, I mean, which could uh, signify like a, a rebirth through fire. Yeah, in a totally. way, and and a combination yes. with the bird. So I think flaming bird. I think phoenix. I yeah. think reborn, like rebirthing phoenix. And phoenixes are just brutal and on fire. So I imagine her just becoming a badass as rise soon as from she the, rise from, from the, the ashes. ashes. She burned the tree down. In the beginning. tree turns into ashes. Oh yeah. shit! There we go. Yeah. That's so fair. phoenix analogy. Yeah. Probably holds a little bit of. Well, fire in order to water. go through all of it, it, it should also be noted that people do take peyote to go through some sort of spiritual journey, and so. It is a, it is borrowing a little bit from Native American culture in that sense mm-hmm. where they're like saying she might have gone on some sort of journey, but it wasn't so heavy that you were like, damn, they're just appropriating the fuck out of this. It was more yeah. of like she needed that for some pain relief and so that she can get the fucking piece of wood straight out of her stomach, which she like cuts open and then just yanks it out. Absolutely gratuitous. Whoever did the uh, special effects on that department did a spectacular good job yeah Yeah. it's believable it looked like blood like real consistency when you hit a main vein it spurts it doesn't just drip it's spurt and it was spurting man they must have had somebody with like a pump just like yeah off to the side (laughs) camera yeah like getting uh, it out uh, just hook it up to her side yeah it's so hard because you you were you were talking about this uh when when we were watching the film how when she puts the beer can with the the phoenix on it onto herself it starts bubbling and that's from the print yeah the print is perfectly tattooed on her at that yeah. point yeah mm-hmm. so she heats up basically she cuts open a can of beer and like lays it out flat mexican beer yeah it's really <laughs> yeah they didn't want a lawsuit so they just put it like a generic mexican generic beer yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so she cuts it lays it flat puts it over the fire and heats it up and then uh closes her wound on her stomach that way and then because there's an imprint of an eagle on the can gets transferred straight to her stomach and so you then have this symbol that's right on her of her sort of rebirth right in the middle of the film and she gets up and she really is a different character mm-hmm. when yeah. she gets and up and is determined she's to get still her tripping revenge. on peyote too yeah i would I, assume she's tripping all the way through i don't think she says a single word after that point in the movie no she says not a single line of dialogue well, from she her. only has like 10 lines of dialogue yeah yeah really though but even like then like she just completely silent like cold just cold yeah she also had there's several uh jump cuts in the middle of the film while she is having the peyote trip where uh it it basically says that one of the men is a lizard or like an iguana i think it was yes and then it transitions between (laughs) him licking his lips and then an image of the iguana lizard licking its lips as well. And so she's having these connections in her mind as she is tripping and she wakes up like four times in a fake wake up and then eventually wakes up. <laughs> the, uh, the fake wake ups were because the thing is when we were watching the film, it was just, Oh, okay. She's woken. Up. Oh shit. The dude is here. Yeah. He's, oh fuck. Head explodes. Just You're a like, full oh. head explosion from oh, a shotgun. She wakes up. Oh, okay. Everything's fine. Other dudes there. Fuck he's just doing something more terrible. She wakes up again and it's just like, it keeps going and yeah. going. And then it's the bloated corpse of the one she stabbed in the face. Yeah. yeah. All while the only sound is the wrangling of worms and like mouths. Yeah. It's cutting to, uh, the maggots just wriggling around in a small little container or in a crevice or something like that. And so that one was interesting because it was almost like 
suggesting what was going to happen to these people, which is they're going to get fucking killed in the desert and probably rot out there because she's just going to leave them there. And so she gets up and this is really where the film is. I felt like it was sort of asking the viewer to be like, this is a transition in the film and you don't have to question anything after this. Just know that she's going to get her revenge after this, because at that point she's sort of uh, she isn't bleeding out anymore. She somehow managed to seal up whatever it is, and she's still on peyote, so she's not feeling too much pain, and starts hunting. Like she legit goes out, and well, I think it was great because it's it's a literal hunting of of the patriarchy. She's hunting men. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> yeah, and you're exactly. like, oh, okay, yeah. And so you fucking cheer for her through the movie. You want her to survive yeah. to the end, and that's super effective writing where you get to see what happens with her. And this is all through cinematography and actions. Mm. So kudos to the cinematographer and to the director for getting it just right, in addition to having those large landscape shots so you had an idea of just how far they're traveling. Yeah, and I believe, like, after that moment, that's when you realize her hair is a different color. And it actually matches that of the the film uh, uh, poster. Because when... She starts the film. She's all really nice and prettied up, eating a lollipop. It looked like a different hair. person. Yeah, completely I, different person. I didn't think it was her. But after that moment, that's when you realize, oh, she still has the pink, you know, the pink uh, yeah, earrings, the earrings. But she is disheveled. She has gone through some yeah. stuff. Almost like she's been like sun bleached, sort yeah. of in a way. Sort of, sort of. That, that's kind of what I got from it. Like the sun just took the color out of her hair entirely. And then yeah, just I couldn't like a, tell if it was like dirt or if it was yeah. just supposed blood. to be like yeah. her. Yeah, her blood or anything like that. She, they're, um, oh fuck, they're out there for three days. Mm-hmm. How many fucking Jesus got resurrected after three days? Wow. God damn it, John. You and your biblical stuff. I was a Catholic Every student. Si- yeah, oh, fuck. God, fuck. Damn it. All right. They that put makes the sense. fear of God in you yeah. in fucking <laughs> Catholic school. Fire and brimstone kind of shit. Yeah. Um, there yeah. we go. Have, so, you ever, have you ever seen holy water? I don't think so. You know what it takes to make holy water? No. Just get a priest to be like, to bless it, this is holy water. Anything that touches it that's unholy, they will burn. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> didn't they do that in, what is it, um, From Dust Till Dawn? They did that from Dust Till Dawn, and my favorite use of holy water is in the Castlevania uh, animated series. Yes. They do a trick, and they trick all the vampires to get in the water, and then the, the vampire that's betraying them is like, do it, priest. They yeah. Get, they mind control the priest to bless the water. Yeah. Immediate fire all across the board <laughs> in the water. <laughs> Beautiful shot. I love that. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like that's probably like one read of it, but there's so many things you can pull out of it. But it was definitely intentionally a feminist film. Yeah. So that we can know for sure because the director said it and there's enough here where the main protagonist is the one who you're focusing on. And she what's interesting is so you guys have heard of the Bechtel test. You guys know what that is? I have not. So the Bechtel test was created by a cartoonist. Um, a couple decades ago. Basically, it's a test that you can put movies through, and you, it, basically what they're testing for is to see if the women in the film are represented well. And so the rules are that there has to be two women in the film, they both have to be named, so main characters, and they have to talk about something other than men. And you'll be surprised at how many movies fail this test. Wow. Yeah, and so it's more of a jumping-off point for a larger conversation, which is how are women being represented in these films. So technically speaking, this movie would fail the Bechdel test, even though it's a good feminist film. The reason why is because there's no other woman in the film besides herself to talk to, and she also doesn't have any other lines. But it could be argued that she doesn't talk about men in any situation her actions are her voice right <laughs> and, and if you want to ar- make that argument right you can. all the all of the crazy things that end up happening to her i mean i mean i mean we can we already know how the first how the first guy goes down and, and the second guy littered we got to get him too yeah definitely <laughs> uh, oh i thought that was the i thought that was dick oh um richard no 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 it was uh it was oh Stan. he tossed it off the cliff Stan. Stan. Just, yeah Creepy incel guy. So I love the way that this evolves in the desert. So it's it's middle of the fucking day, and she notices a little uh, glimmer come off of a mirror because he's looking at himself in a mirror. And that is just straight out of comics, out of video games. So perfect. And she immediately notices him because she has some binoculars that she got off the first guy she killed and just starts hunting them. Although I I don't think I understood what weapon she had. She had a shotgun with a uh, it's like sniper scope. 
Yeah, so did it have a certain kind of ammo in it? Yes, it had to have it had to be a slug because uh buckshot at that range, it's only shooting pellets, you know. You're going to yeah. get little tiny fractures. The thing is though, at later in the movie when she's in the house shooting the final guy, he has huge holes that would definitely be buckshot, so she probably had two types of ammo. Yeah. That's probably okay, that's probably what she Well, was, several boxes you know. fall out of the backpack when she's mm-hmm. looking through it. So, yeah, she probably has different types of ammo in there yeah so when she goes for the second guy i mean she's you know she's gearing up for it she's finally sees him he runs out of gas driving he's trying traversing the desert trying to find her goes on a cliff and she sees him run out of gas and trying to refill it and i i do have to say we talked about how that guy macgyvered his way to get gas into the car yeah he cut a water bottle like the end of it off yeah. so that he could stick the narrow end into the gas use tank as a funnel and just use it as a funnel and so yeah they had a lot they had a few clever moments that they didn't really focus on but like if you pay attention you, you pay really it. close attention to it you really got a feel for who these people were and what they were doing in those moments it's a perfect opportunity for for her to ambush him basically is what that is that ambush is legendary, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all of us watching it, we flipped out when this scene happened. So basically, she gets one shot off, hits him in the shoulder, and that's when he runs away and he starts bleeding like crazy. And he is like stumbling away, bleeding, and she follows him up the path. Follows his trail. Follows blood. the blood trail up the path to find him, but he hides in this little corner and she ends up walking past him. He takes off his shoe. That's a, another thing to point out. And then Why he takes he take off, off his shoe. Though? He takes off his shoe to get the sock, and then use it as a as a, oh, as a sling for that's pressure. That's right. He did so he won't bleed out. Yeah, and you're then, right. Then she goes past him. Yeah, and then he he stumbles down and gets his rifle out, shoots her, and goes like grazes the side of her face and takes off one of her earlobes with the earring attached, yeah. <laughs> and it hits the ground with this pink star that she was wearing as earrings. Um, you can see it in the in the title card in mm-hmm. the the main poster of the film she's wearing these uh bright hot pink stars as earrings and one of those goes flying off i think it was her right ear that she ends up he ends up hitting and so that's when she realizes oh fuck this guy is like about to shoot me and so she runs away from him and breaks the flashlight she's holding and drops a bunch of glass into the floor which he immediately steps on afterwards just super dumb of him but and then we get this super gnarly scene of him digging glass out of his foot He's oh, in there for hard to ever. watch. Yeah. He's sticking like his whole finger in there to get yeah. the piece of glass out. I, have, have, you, have you guys seen Stranger Things season three at all? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember that part when Elle is digging in her leg yeah. to get the demon out? Yeah. Exactly like that. Just some. Just a lot more blood in, gushing deep out. Deep in there, man. They did a really good job of <laughs> making all of this look realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was definitely moments you're watching it and it just makes you cringe really yep. bad because they it's it's like body horror is what they've created that that at yep. that point. With really digging into your body with all the flesh wounds that are happening with all the gunshot wounds. So Dim's even face in, coming up from the water. Yeah, that was oh, great. Yeah. Oh, He's like bloated. Yeah. It was accurate for what a body would be like mm-hmm. after being in the water for so long. After a couple of hours, you just start to bloat. And that's pretty much what happened to him. His face got all fucked. So, um, so he so he ducks around, gets behind her. Uh, he takes a shot, takes off her ear. She runs down farther. This dude sits there digging out the glass in his foot after she caltrops his ass. Yeah. Uh, she he, keeps going up the trail yeah. to get away from him, and he, then he hops in the car. Yeah. To run her down, and he yeah. goes up that hill as fast as he can. And this is this is like one of the most badass scenes I think I've seen in a movie, where she basically holds her ground at that pathway and starts shooting straight into his windshield to try to kill him. And she fucking shoots a shot, goes straight through the windshield, through his head, and you get a shot from behind where it goes through the seat and his, mm. like, fucking blood and brain splatters on the back. And then she fucking sidesteps the car yep. yeah. after fucking killing him. This is nuts. She has yeah. to be, like, Jukes. inches from yeah. it. Yeah, she fucking kills him and then just jukes the car, and you're like, what the fuck? Part of me wishes she just spat on the car afterwards. I know. Just so I could live out my like my pale orc from Lord of the Rings. Yes. My Lord of the Rings fantasy. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> just sidesteps in and is just like, just, eh. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah. He just spits on it and yeah. just continues with what he's doing. That's so great. Yeah, yeah, that was fucking epic for her to do something like that. Yep. And then she gets an upgrade. She gets his sniper rifle yep. and fucking gets the, the car that he had been driving. And this is when she goes after the very last dude who is her original lover in the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. uh rick dick whatever his name is douche nozzle um and they end up back at the house which which makes for some amazing tracking shots 
that they have oh, back yes. of that house, there's got to be at least a two to three minute tracking shot where they don't cut it at all. And it follows him all the way through the house. Starts from the shower, makes a circle, makes his way back, then, yep. then thinks he's finally safe. Sits down on the couch and turns the TV on with his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be funnier if he, like, sat on it and, like, his dick and balls turned it on or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I w- we got to say, we were all cheering for uh, male genital mutilations. Yeah, we were. We, I was waiting for I was like, please blow, blow his dick blow off. Blow this cock off. But it didn't at least, happen. At least one. At least one, yeah. Didn't happen. Did not happen, no. no. Maybe that would have been too easy. It would have been too. It would have been too. Like it would have been too expected. But why you know make him I mean? naked if you're not going to do yeah, something like that? I, I, I know. I feel you. I maybe feel, it was maybe, meant to maybe, be. Something maybe she was different. like, "That's too easy, though." Yeah. So she instead goes for this totally awesome, the awesome track shots, and then she nails him immediately when they meet and gets him right in the side. Yeah, he like dives to the side to try to get out of yep. the way, but she still nails him. Still with gets that. clipped. So he's bleeding out as they're like doing this cat and mouse game all the way through the house, and they end up in. One of the main hallways of the house, which is such a great like callback to movies like Old Boy, where they mm. have like that long hallway scene and it tracks them all the way through the hallway. But in this case, they're like going in circles around each other, avoiding each other. Yeah, it's like a game of cat and mouse. They're just they're just catch barely missing each other, and they're just they just keep going in circles. Well, I love when it starts to sort of unravel, and he is becoming crazed trying to get her, and they have four to five shots of him running down the hallway. And they must've just given him hilarious direction when they were telling him to film this. Oh, yeah. They were like, we're going to cover you in blood. You're going to be naked and you're going to run down this hallway. Like you're ready to fucking kill someone. And he fucking delivered. <laughs> like he was ready yeah. to do that shot. Yeah. And he's like running down like a fucking gorilla or something all the way through, just covered in his own blood, trying to kill her because he has a shotgun of his own. Uh, uh, but he has like a, like a traditional, like t- 12 gauge like buckshot. Just, a, I, I call it a, combat shotgun combat but that's shotgun. because i see it in literally every video game it's the zombie killer yeah zombie. exactly yeah. you'll recognize it it's like a single barrel shotgun he, and so the saran wrap scene where he like he like stops in the middle of chasing to like <laughs> wrap himself with saran wrap like around the wound. yeah so he doesn't bleed out yep <laughs> that was great oh man uh that that whole scene is like really puts you on the edge of your seat too because there's uh there's the moment where He's hiding around the corner, and they do a really good shot of her walking down the hallway, and he's just off to the side, hiding there, ready to like ready to pop off as soon as she oh, comes around yeah, the corner. Oh yeah, dude, that's so great. She like sneaks up because she's really cautious. She's on, she's on like adrenaline's pumping. Yeah, she's like on her way over there, and then she sees his blood pooling from the other side, and it drips out in front, and then she's like, "Oh shit, he's right fucking there." Yeah. So she hightails and goes back the other way. We we were all predicting, oh, she's gonna shoot from the wall. Movie will be over. Yeah, right. She's gonna drive his ass, and then nah. <laughs> I, I was really wondering why they didn't decide to just shoot through one of the walls. Because mm-hmm. those don't look like they were very thick. No. You could probably get a good shot off through one of those. But, but of course, for movie suspense and making you believe in what was going on, they didn't do something like that. And instead chased each other for a good, like, five to ten minutes. I've never seen a chase scene like that where they're just barely missing each other. Right, yeah. And it makes you nervous for them. In such a small space, too. Yeah. Like, really, they they return to the same. They return to the same living room space with the TV and the ads still going. Like at least like four, four or five times. Well, or they so. they manage to get different shots each time, so it doesn't feel like oh, I've seen this already. Like this is the same exact shot. They had a different shot every time you were in the living room, and so you get a really good idea of what the house is like. You know, you go in and it's like the the entrance, that main hallway that they go into is like a long rectangle. And then it goes out to the main living room on the right of the living room. You go back and that goes into the main bedroom. And then there's a bathroom attached to that. And that's all you need to know. That's all. That's the whole house. It's a one bedroom house. And you got an entire shot of it in just those tracking shots. So it establishes where they're at. You're not going to be like, oh, there's a secret place where they're hiding. There was right. literally nowhere to hide in this house. It was a genius tracking shot because it yeah. tells you, hey, this next scene, yeah, you know where everything is. Yeah, they take you through what is going to happen within the next few minutes. And so what a really good way for you to get context and to kind of have the outside, um, what is it called? Um, not context, but it's uh, um, exposition. Nah. You get some exposition put in there um, really purposefully so that you get an idea of where they're at and you're not confused about... What hallway is this? What part of the house is this? Where did this come from? 
And then you commented how how is nobody falling down with so much blood? Right. And that happens the next scene. <laughs> she trips and falls because there's so much blood on the ground. And so a lot of attention to smaller detail, with the exception of some continuity errors in the beginning, which are very blatant, yeah. <laughs> which is a surprise. So I don't know if their editing crew was just not paying attention during those, but they were really obvious. And then it got really tight towards the end of the film, which I think is the part they cared about the most. I yeah. think they really focused in on like those end scenes and were really careful about how those were done. You know what I noticed in the main uh, room too, like the main living room, it had that painting of uh, the Virgin Mary. Yeah, like an alternate of uh, of the painting of the Virgin Mary, and so that must have been like an ironic joke. And then uh, you know we have to have some edgy edgy stuff covered in blood by the end of the movie. Yep. yep. Uh, he calls upon his uh, helicopter guy to pick him up as well. Like during, like, at least, I think it's like earlier on when he gets back to the house. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, you'll be here in 30 minutes. Cool. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I'm going to go take a shower. And then he hears some noises, which is where that tracking shot begins with him in the shower. So a full scene with him completely naked. Oh, yeah. Uh, running around chasing uh, Jen, who is also very scantily clad at that point. Mm. She's basically like a alternate version of Tomb Raider. Yeah, exactly. At that point. That's, a, that's, that's definitely something that I said. That right, awesome. yeah. The butt uh, shot meter is up there, man. Yeah, they definitely focused in on on making you um, view her butt multiple times, and as well as his too. Um, I think at the beginning you kind of get a almost full frontal shot of his dick, but it's like not really anything crazy. It's, it's like a side <laughs> shot. <laughs> there's no there's no close ups on any peen in no. the movie, but you see it like flopping around and dangling yeah, all like, uselessly you know. everywhere. It's just there. <laughs> yep, you know he's always got a comment. You rarely see dicks in film. Yeah, you rarely do. Not not time, not nearly but, enough. You know, but male we're in we're in we're in, a, we're in a 2019 now, so the dicks are coming out. <laughs> looks like there were. Uh, well, let's just you know the last remainder of the movie. You know there was the uh, she falls down. Obviously, she's covered in blood, and you're like, oh shit, get up, get up. Well, yep. yeah, he fucking he picks her up off the floor and onto the wall and just starts choking the shit out of her. And you think it's kind of over. I love the way they did this shot, though. You can't hear what he's saying because she's muffled hearing and she's losing consciousness because of the blood loss. He says, well, he says some stuff to her. He says, he says, why do you women always fight? Women always want to fight. That's yeah, they always put up a fight. Is yeah, what they he always said. put up a fight. Yeah. Yeah. So he's definitely done terrible shit like this before. Mm -hmm. And is Horrible, why he was man. so adamant about making sure that she fucking died. And like a fucking badass, she just reaches into his open wound and starts fucking gushing it around her, digging yeah. her hand into there and we all cheered yeah we all cheered when that happened he drops her she grabs the gun puts it right to his fucking chest and then just shoots him <sighs> kurt russell's his ass yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're waiting the whole film for it <laughs> yeah the whole fucking film and it's great so you get some relief where she has killed every dude who has done her some wrong in this film mm -hmm. and she walks out to the uh outside where the pool is and you hear the helicopter show up, and she does her final glance back at the camera, except this time it's much different than the first shot you get. First shot is of the dude looking through his glasses at everything. You're getting his sort of view, and then the last shot is her view. Mm -hmm. And so what a crazy transition that you get through the entire film, especially in regards to the exchange of the gazes from male to female, but also the sort of transition of her character, the rebirth that happened after such an event like that. And to me, I took it as really, that was her fucked up way of healing through some trauma. Yeah. And in this case, she had to confront it really upfront. Yeah. She wasn't allowed any time to kind of settle into it. She had a just full adrenaline go straight through it, and she does and succeeds through the movie. So it's interesting. It's a, it's an interesting feminist perspective on what's traditionally a male dominated classic horror. Yeah. This was a, breath of fresh air because you rarely see female revenge movies yeah this i don't i can't think of any others yeah, right no. right i really can't Name think one of anything on the top else. of your head you can't yeah <laughs> i don't think i i would probably have to sit on it for a moment or go and yeah, look a right. bit i'm sure there are others but i i have to agree with mer on this one that it's not it's not something you can just think of right away the only the, the only one that comes close is i spit on your grave yeah. where she she gets she tortures the hell out of the dudes that she catches. Oh, wait a minute. Dra Girl the Dragon Tattoo. That's not fully, but that's not, yeah. I guess that's not fully revenge, but there is like a revenge uh, moment Some dude in the movie. like forces her to give him a blowjob and then mm -hmm. she goes and tattoos Pig on him. 
Yeah, and then shoves something up his ass too, yeah. I believe. Yeah, she shoves yeah. a huge dildo up his there ass. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, Excellent. so there's definitely some yeah. revenge there. Yeah, but not like a full film that focuses on that plot line. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Me and you, we were making a lot of comparisons, even though it's not a feminist film, but the film Mandy took, I'm, I'm thinking, a lot of inspiration from this film because there's just a lot of shots in here that are just like, that's, uh, that yeah, feels like Mandy, you know? More along the aesthetics. Yeah, aesthetic. aesthetic uh, and what you were looking at, especially for the cinematography, the tone that you're starting to look at. Because Mandy, to me, was more of a, like, mythic story. Yes, it absolutely like is. Like, occultist kind of thing that you're watching. There's, like, lore to the story. You have this weird area of the woods that they're living in, and there's these creatures roaming around on bikes and choppers, and you get these sort of unnatural creatures living with them. And so you have this cult leader who is just trying to get whatever he wants, and in this case, he wants his wife. I need to see this movie. It's a, good, it's a really I, good film. I keep, yeah. I keep like, you guys just keep talking about it, and now there's like this whole mythical aspect to it, and it's not oh, just like, because yeah. when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, so this is just like kind of like, it's like a John Wick thing, sort of. And then I'm like, no, I love- there's a whole john wick for yeah, the simplicity same, of it same but uh but then i was now you're like throwing in mythical creatures and like factions and like cults and i'm i'm like dead set need to fucking there, watch the movie there are a lot of mythical uh what's the word there are a lot of mythical things in that world and uh she also talks about it in in the book that she reads she's like reads a story to nick cage oh my god she reads a passage out of this book yes. And it's fucking amazing. And I don't know if this book is real or not. And I need to go check. But if it is, I need to go read this book. It's it a, is like high fantasy it that is, she's reading. It's also in the last shot of the movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I understand. The uh, aesthetics for Revenge, like synth with vehicle scene, that reminded me a lot of, of Mandy being high while killing people. Very, you know, the thing is, I can't even say very re- reminiscent of Mandy because Revenge came out first. Yeah. So the thing is, it's pain. It's pain homage. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. So those uh, those bikers that we're talking about, they're called the Black Skulls. Yes. According to the director, the Black Skulls were drug couriers who turned murderously sadomasochistic after they had consumed a bad batch of LSD. And they drink this stuff like chugging it, man. Yeah, yeah. And they there's like a there's like a guy who what he has like nails in him. Or something like all over his body. Slipknot looking guy. Yeah, he, <laughs> and he apparently he just drinks blood. That is like his thing to do. <laughs> so yeah, go go check out Mandy. I gotta go watch it. Go check out Mandy. We'll probably end up doing an episode on it. Yeah, it's I got so it. Got it there's now. too much. There's it's a can of worms, man. Yeah. Uh, was there any other shots in Revenge that stood out to you that you were like, I have to talk about this? Uh, the the shot. I mean, all the synth shots, of course. I think I think me and Mer both really appreciate. I need to go find the, the music. The the sin shots. Uh, the one where it's just like the guy on. It's just it's just douche nozzle on the motorcycle with his helmet driving through the night with like that like kind of uh, I don't oh, know like red yes. bluish glare and it's just the synth and he's just driving. You can tell that riding. he is like sitting on a stand while they blow fucking smoke <laughs> yeah. at him and there's like a little light underneath. And those shots are great. Uh, somebody that you would recognize doing this is uh, Tarantino. He does this in his car shots. One other thing that we looked up was the budget for this movie and what it oh, made at the box thank office, you. which is crazy. So the budget was two point nine million. It only made six hundred and ninety-two thousand dollars. By like money standards, it was a flop. Yeah, absolutely. And didn't make any money. But through critics, it had ninety-six reviews and it got a ninety-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The critics love this movie. Even um, what was it? IMDb didn't rate it so high, but there was another one that rated it like four out of five. Was another one of the uh, reviews. Yeah, that I, saw I think for they it. just weren't ready for a film like that. Yeah, just like what? Like you had a movie like Jennifer's Body, that tanked everywhere because no one was ready for a film about two women, especially like a succubus demon eating men. Like they weren't ready for something like that, and especially with two young teenagers. And Jennifer's fun. Body is amazing. Yeah. So that that movie got steamrolled. I think it was because people don't like Karen Kusama the director for that one. She's gotten like fucking stiff armed by the production company several times. Like she wasn't able to make her version of Aeon Flux because they took the final cut from her. She helped direct it and got everything. And then when she was getting ready to sit down and do the final cut, they're like, Nope, we got it. And then fucked up the whole movie. Wow. Yeah. That was some bullshit that they did that for her. And so since then she's had a very difficult time trying to get a movie across because nobody wants to give her a, a movie deal. And she's a really good director. 
like really, really good, especially when it comes to talking about women, talking about feminism, and especially talking about uh, their place in the patriarchy that they're sort of living in. And so for that, for people to really hate on Jennifer's body as well as this movie just doesn't make sense to me, especially when it's such good film. Or does it make all the sense, John? Well, of course it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense because movies has been a boys club since the, the 30s. Yep. Like the, about 1932 when, when they made all of the laws where they were like, oh, you can't have sex in it. You can't have drugs in it. You can't have this or that. But prior to that, like the 20s, like early 20s or even before that was like the heyday of female directors. And you got mov- movies like Queen Christina, which is fucking amazing. Like it's about the, the queen of uh, Sweden. And how she was basically like she did everything a dude was doing and like refused to marry, learned how to ride a horse and like shoot and hunt and everything. And how she just gave up the being queen because she didn't want to like adhere to getting married and having kids and shit. A woman after my own heart. <laughs> it's so good. You'll yeah. be surprised when you watch it. Can you put it on the? Can you put it on the? Yeah. Plex? Oh yeah, I'll totally get it. Plex, buddy. Put it on the plex. I want to watch. One the of my favorite cool. scenes from that movie is when they're all in a bar. And they don't know that she's in there. They just assume she's some noble person who's there. And one dude is like, I heard the queen has slept with 10 men. And then some other dude is like, I heard it was 12. And they get really serious. And they're like, no. Some dude is like, no, it was like 14. And they all stare at each other. And they're like, long live the queen. And they like (laughs) freaking bash their uh, cups together with all the beer and just continue partying. Like they're super proud of her. <laughs> They're like, yeah. They're like, yes. Oh my so God, it's so super funny. funny. Very positive. There's no questioning of her as a woman doing the things that she's doing, except for when they're like, you need to get married. And she's like, nope, I'm going to give the uh, the monarchy over to my cousin or my brother or something, and then I'm going to leave. And she like sails away into the sunset to live her life. Yes. So totally something to check out. There's so many good uh films with a good female protagonist that doesn't deal with any love story you know, she's not bogged down by something dumb and this is this is one of them revenge is definitely one of them and i hope there's more films similar to it absolutely uh the thing is like with uh women in roles like this it's very rare to see it's not like you know the thing is like you ask most people hey female protagonists that are amazing go They'll tell you Ray from Star Wars, Ridley from Aliens. Yep. They'll go. They'll go the normal route, and that's the thing. Like a, re- a film like Revenge is refreshing because it's like it beats off a different path. It did terrible at the box office, but still, it's a girl power flick. It's like, hey, fuck the patriarchy. Let's do our thing. There, could, women could be fucking badasses too. You know. We can add it to the list we were talking about earlier in other uh, podcasts where we're like, this is a redefinition of what a chick flick is. Yeah. Yes. yeah, there we go. We, yeah. we're, we're really set on wanting to change that sort of meaning for it, mm. and this is definitely one of the ones that fits into Get a bunch it. of ladies, get some wine, and enjoy a revenge film, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, honestly, I'm sure there's no shortage of people who want to watch it. There's no shortage of women who want to enjoy a film like this because it is empowering to see that representation on film. And then uh, if you want, like, other films that are not quite revenge films, but there's, like, strong, dominant women in it, you should go watch a film like Atomic Blonde. Oh, absolutely. That movie is fantastic. With uh, Charlize Theron is in that one. Yes. Where she plays. Did that come out recently? No, that was a few years ago. That was, like, 2017, I believe. Yeah, but talk about stylized. It's it's set in the Cold War, and she is basically, like, a secret agent. And she is trying to figure out who killed uh, her, like, ex-lover. But then it, it goes into so much more conspiracy amongst the people that she's working with. Excellent cinematography. The action is top class. There's yeah. a straight up, I'd say, what, eight or ten minute straight uh, just tracking shot of a fight in a uh, staircase. Yes. Oh, yeah. So she's making her way out of a building. I'm missing all the good movies. That's yeah. what's going yeah. on that here. One, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that movie is fucking crazy. So that's a, Great it's a really good movie. Amazing soundtrack because, I mean, it hits mm-hmm. all the marks for 80s and it goes a little bit into the 90s it has marilyn manson covering stigmata by ministry yeah Ooh. oh people should also check out um god what was that movie with scarlett johansson oh was, under the skin under the skin that's a good one go check out under the skin it's a crazy sci-fi movie uh about an alien who's literally hunting men <laughs> and taking whatever they've got and just like dissolving them for their 
organic material. <laughs> it gets really wild at the end there. Um, I've had to watch that movie like three times to really understand what was going on. Uh, we've covered I've covered a lot of them. I like I like really appreciate my mom whenever it comes to movies like this yeah. because my mom was the one that introduced me to like Aliens. Aliens is amazing. And I know every, I know we just talked about how everyone stereotypically always brings up Ripley, but that was like one of my first as like a young as like a young boy was one of my first representations of like dude chicks badass. fucking badass yeah. in movies they get shit fucking done and then ever since then i've always <laughs> like really liked seeing like strong female characters yeah. in movies it makes it's, for good yeah. it makes for good content for yeah because you're too does. used to seeing the male hero be I, the one yeah who's exactly there. i i've always preferred alien over predator just gonna say Predators was only good because it's hilarious to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger go through all yeah, of those Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Otherwise, still, it was like, yeah. It's still just a big fucking bro, bro fest and kind of like. It's oh, nice, totally. It's nice to see Carl Weathers ripped, too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's fucking true. I didn't think about that. I totally, yeah, you're right. Right right before Arrested Development, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my god! Yeah, that's really funny. I like I liked Aliens because it's not only a film about her being um, really strong-willed and persevering through the film, but it's a really good take on motherhood. Yeah. Um, and it's literal with her because she ends up becoming like the mother of one of the aliens at some point in the later sequels, but more so in the second one where she's taking care of the little girl. What's her name? Newt. 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 Yeah. She's taking care of New and forms a bond with her, and they end up being like the toughest characters in the whole film. A beautiful story. Just don't watch the third one. Just, just, just don't. <laughs> with the prison one? Yeah. Yeah, that one was kind of uh, weird. I, I got to say, a bold, risky move to kill off every character we loved yeah. in the first five minutes. That's true. Yeah, you really, you really get that. It's also, it's like rapey all the way through because she's on a prison planet with only men. So it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they set up they set up that situation really badly for her but uh i like when they interview the directors for things like this where they're like oh like how did you come up with this idea it's like when they asked george what is his name george r, r. martin they're like mm-hmm. how do you write women so well and he's like you know i like to think of women as people and That's like great. that yeah. was his answer <laughs> he was yeah. like he's like yeah like don't fucking ask me a stupid question like yeah. that he's like obviously they're a good character what? so i'm writing them the other one i think the other one was like why do you have so much sex in all your books and he's like well i've always thought that you know people get more joy of penises entering vaginas more so than skulls i mean uh, axes entering skulls well he so. even said it that it, no he said that people are more excited to hear about the violence than yeah. they are to hear about mm-hmm. the sex and he doesn't understand why mm-hmm. like it's perfectly fine for you to show like the most graphic scene of someone's head getting split open but yeah. the moment that you put in like an actual sex scene people are like whoa you can't put this kind of stuff into this yeah. how could you do such a thing yeah. right and they even have well I, it's understandable that some characters like they did it in game of thrones where the a lot of the female cast was like i'm not getting naked anymore like you're not going to make me get naked for the shots anymore and if you want me to stay on the show you're going to work your way around that because in the original, like the first season, uh, first in place Daenerys, what's her name? Uh, uh, Amelia, Clark. Amelia Clark. They made her like full frontal nudity in the beginning of the season. And then after like three seasons, she's like, I'm not doing that anymore. And then you never saw her naked again. And that was very purposeful because they didn't want that to be the only appeal of the show. Yeah. It also was sort of a representation of her status in the world in that show as well. Because as yes. she climbs in status, she's just more close. She gets to pick her own outfits as well yeah. later on. Things yeah. like that. So it's kind of like, I think it's a representation of that. As well as the actress was just like, fuck you, I'm not going to be naked. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the One of the last things I wanted to talk about was uh, the way that they sort of made the desert its own character in the film and what i mean by that is they are in the setting that just doesn't seem to end at any point and they're completely stuck there and there's nothing else there's no supplies so it forces you to focus in on what's happening with them and there's a time clock on it they don't have any food they don't have any water this is like the whole um the idea that if you see a, a gun early in a film you know someone's gonna get shot by that gun and we uh, i think the rule is if you put a gun in the first act you must use it by the third yes and you will you'll definitely have a murder you'll have someone get killed and in this case you get a sort of a time clock set up for how long can someone survive in the desert with no food and no water and in this case it's like three four days usually with no water uh food is a little longer but in their case everything gets resolved in those three days and uh, i think she kills one dude per day so good track record (laughs) she gets all of them she gets definitely gets all of them and 
does kind of leave you on a cliffhanger too. Well, yeah. yeah so the the helicopter shows up. She t- does her glance back, and then and it just, just cuts. You, you just hear you hear the blades. Yeah, you know it's coming, and then cut to that yellow credits. Yeah, yellow credits with some s- more synth music. Yeah, you called it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's got to end with some synth music. I know they're gonna do it, yeah. and so they end up ending it that way, and you get a little bit of the credits. And yeah, uh, I feel like they did that so that it would be a representation sort of what happens in real life. None of these things really have a full resolution, especially if you have to go through a traumatic event like getting raped. You're not going to be able to have that sort of closure with what's going on. And now she has to confront the other guy who's going to show up there who's going to be like, everyone here is murdered. Why is there so much blood in the house? She may even get blamed for everything and be like, oh, you just murdered these people and doesn't know like what happened. Honestly, I think she's just going to fucking take the helicopter. (laughs) She's going to be like, fuck you my helicopter well i think that's why she did it so that you can kind of take away your own ending from it lady of the tiger sort of thing yeah Yeah. so i I didn't even think about it like the the you know the female perspective that you were just talking about like it never really gets resolved there will always be some sort of trauma and that's that's very strong yeah and no no one believes women the first time around they're never going to be like yes i accept that idea especially when they're trying to victim blame people so often and so this is such a good representation of people just they probably won't believe her or they're going to say that it's her fault and what's going on there. And people there might be people who watched it and agree that'd be like, oh, yeah, it was totally her fault in the beginning for acting the way that she did. And that's sort of the point is that the director is trying to get at was the things that you normally hear whenever a bad situation happens is they go for the reasons of victim blaming instead of blaming the dude who did it. And so in this case, the, she wanted you to see these guys for who they were and, and all of the evil things that they did. And then to see that there is literal consequences in the form of they're getting murdered in this movie. That's obviously the extreme, but like in the ideal world, people would have consequences for all the things that they were doing. So a good, like, I, th- I don't want, I don't think it's her directorial debut. I think it's like her second movie, but still, a crazy drop into the genre of horror and that revenge uh, kind of film. And she's definitely going to make more. So I'm looking forward to seeing more from yeah. her. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a good French director. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Leave it to somebody who's international to make a really good film mm-hmm. compared to like some of the U.S. films that have been coming out. Uh, overall, what did you guys think of Revenge? Uh, I would give it like a seven or eight out of 10, or if you're doing stars, I'd give it like a four out of five stars. Yeah. If I, I always feel like after we sit down and analyze the movie, I always end up enjoy having enjoyed the movie <laughs> more after we like delve into it more and start understanding more of the themes and analyze and more analysis always makes me enjoy it. So I would, I'm kind of with John this one, like seven, eight out of 10, I would say the, the beginning of the film is a little bit rocky. I understand what she's trying to do, but yeah. it's, the continuity is a little bit rocky sometimes. Yeah, and that's and that's pretty much really the. Oh only, yeah, really I would only criticism. deduct points for the uh, editing techniques mm-hmm. and some uh, not so clear things that were happening in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But that's that. I feel like that could have been easily fixed, yeah. and it's not going to be detrimental to the rest of the film. So that's why I was like, yeah, the ending was spot on, exactly what yeah. you wanted from the film. I have to agree with you, boys. Uh, seven out of ten on this one. And uh, if you're looking, you know, to watch this film, there is a like a one to two minute rape scene. You couldn't skip it. Yeah. You won't miss anything. You won't miss out yeah. on anything from the film. You'll just miss out on this awkward dude fucking just deciding to do something terrible in the yeah, film. The, the incel. French incel. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird that the, that, cause I, I don't, I guess I don't watch enough French films to like really get a caricature for some people, Yeah, but it I was mean, just odd to hear like French in the context of what's going on here. Cause yeah. to me, this felt like an American film. This was like, this is what you would, you would see in like, the typical revenge things here's a thought what's that we normally view french as like the romantic language yeah it's a, and whatnot yeah. so it's very interesting to me that they would use that for something like as Super brutal as vulgar, like rape yeah. or some or you know what whatnot and have like have somebody who's very like not at all like sure of themselves and not at all like has any spine whatsoever you know speaking right. that language and whatnot you kind of expect more of like a suave individual to be speaking french based upon stereotypes that we have of French people. So it's yeah. very interesting that she kind of fucks with that stereotype and interesting to me. Very interesting. Yeah. So revenge, you know, 
Get go a, watch it. Yeah. Get a cup. Get a couple of your lady friends. Get a box. A box of wine, man. <laughs> You'll enjoy yeah. it. Yep. Um, in fact, you could probably skip like ten to fifteen minutes of the intro. And just yeah, get yeah. Right if you just to, want to start seeing dudes get murdered because yeah. they're awful rapists. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah, you, you'll go into it, and it'll be enjoyable in that sense. And then it, I'm, it's sure to spark some more conversations with what's going on there. And I'm sure we missed something because yeah. there's just so much packed into the film. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, that's really about it. Is, do you guys have any other final thoughts for it? No, that was okay. about my final nice. thoughts. Then I, I just want to remind everybody that we're super easy to find. Uh, we are on all of these streaming services. So we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, as well as iHeartRadio and Google Play Music, which is some of the main places that we're at. Just Google bringing down the grindhouse. You can even Google us and you'll bring up everything that's related to us. So it'll bring up the Facebook, the Instagram that we have for it. And definitely leave us messages, interact with us, comment, tell us we missed this, or maybe some suggestions, because our schedule is getting close to the end, and we're going to try to keep adding more to the end of that list to keep it going through the rest of the year. And so feel free to contact us. Um, I believe the email is also on the Instagram, which is really just going to be the, was it (laughs) B-D-T-G-H? Yeah, you got it. You yeah, got it. Yeah, that's got, the acronym. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, I need to shorten it in some way, but it's basically that uh, podcast at gmail.com. So yeah. you can you can email that if you want to go old school and just email us. Give us suggestions. Yeah, we fucking love those. I love getting comments on things because there's been a few people already arguing with us, and I and those are like the best for me because oh, I'm yeah. like I want to know your perspective on something like that. Perspectives um, are good. But I really appreciate you guys coming over to my house watching the film with me and then just getting right into the podcast but i hope everyone has a good night stay spooky have a good one